Hello, doctor. Hello, doctor. 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 Uh, it's Doctor Death, actually. Uh, I hope not. Uh, well, I play one on TV. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, today's episode's about Doctor Death. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, everyone. Or good afternoon. Or good evening. Or whenever you listen. Or good night. Thanks for joining us once again for the nine millionth episode of Misty and Ike. Yeah, yeah. I, it actually, like, I think numerically is nine million. Nine hundred ninety-nine thousand. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. We're shooting for a million. We are. Yep. Um, this is a little meta, but we're going to do a podcast about a podcast. We're going to do a podcast about a TV show based on a podcast based on a real story. It's like a turducken of podcasts. It is a turducken of podcasts today. <laughs> we'll, we'll see you yes. right after the snaps. Are we ready to begin? Good My name is Misty. Come on, it's time. We Um, doctor, I need to admit something to you. Okay. I don't know anything about Dr. Death. Okay. I'll give you a basic rundown. Okay. The podcast network, Wondery. Oh. I'm sure you're familiar with Wondery. Very familiar with Wondery's Which, $300 million deal with Amazon. Right. They they started initially with true crime podcasts. Mm-hmm. And one of the first hugely popular ones that happened was called Dr. Death. Um, Peacock, which is the NBC streaming platform, has come out with a, I think it's six or eight part limited series based on the podcast. But the podcast is based on a real live story. It is a true crime scenario about a doctor in Texas who has been sentenced to life in prison because he maimed or killed nearly 40 patients between 2011 and 2013. Yeah. How many? 40. And he got away with it? Well, no, he's in prison. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. (laughs) 37 patients out uh, out of the 37 patients that he operated on in that two-year period 33 of them were hurt or harmed in the process in some way did he even go to school that's where it gets crazy so he did a lot of people that have been spoken to like in retrospect have said he was brilliant like his ideas but his actual follow through, not so great. He did get his MD license. Like he was a licensed physician surgeon in Texas. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's really insane. So the limited series stars Josh Jackson mm-hmm. from Dawson's Creek as Dr. Death. And then it has Christian Slater and Alec Baldwin as the two doctors who were the ones who caught onto this and attempted to stop all of this from happening. Um, I've only watched the first two episodes of it. <clears throat> I did not listen to the original podcast. I will admit that. Sure. But um, it's incredibly interesting. It is a very jacked up story. Like some people woke up paralyzed. Others emerged from anesthesia with permanent pain and nerve damage. Two patients died. One from significant blood loss after the operation, the other from a stroke caused by a cut vertebral artery. 
One patient who was a childhood friend of the doctors went in for a spinal operation with someone that he trusted. He woke up as a quadriplegic because the doctor damaged his vertebral That's a artery. really specialized surgeon that you get to operate yeah. on your back. And he's just like, I'll do it. Uh-huh. Okay. So what they refer to the like a lot of these scenarios as are never events. Things that should never, ever, ever happen in an operating room. Yeah. So these injuries should never have gotten to that point. Never. So if did he get 37 different jobs or did he get like multiples? No, I think he had three. So he got like 10 plus kills at every hospital? Yeah. Yeah. Whoa. So the question is. Did he get anybody right? Three people out of the 37 did not, were not harmed. But there, Three. But there's no record of him ever doing any, besides those 40. Yeah. He's never, there's nobody he treated that just was fine. No. Besides those three. No. That's a shitty record, bro. Right? So how did this guy, how was he allowed to operate for so long? Surrounded by so many people who tried to like throw their arms up in the air and be like, something's wrong here. So yeah, that's what the, the show focuses on. Um, it jumps across time in each episode, of course, mm. to show what he was like as a young man, when he was in medical school, uh, and then later when he was a surgeon. Um, it's, it's very crazy because it... So what I've gotten through so far is that he went to college and he was kind of a partier. Like, his intent was not ever to go to med school. Um, I think he was a football player. Mm. And I think he got injured and wasn't unable to play football anymore. And so, at that point, he was like... I think his injury is what made him start thinking about, like, stem cell research and things like that. And that's what got him into the medical field. There's so much to unpack. It's a lot. I'm sorry. It's such a like, crazy story. I have so many questions. Okay. But I'm also on another article about the cast and how they played and portrayed all these characters. Mm-hmm. So Josh Jackson, a dear friend of mine from North Carolina, <laughs> who I've worked with many times, um, they did not use VFX to make him younger. Yeah. Which is weird because... He still kind of has a baby face. Well, Joshua Jackson didn't rely on special effects to transform Christopher Dunch at different times. Mm -hmm. But then it goes on to say they did VFX did a digital wipe of his face during the younger scenes. So, yeah, they did use VFX. Yeah, they did. Um, But one thing that Jackson did in his performance was during the three stages of his life, he had a different walk for the character. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. So when he played the oldest, I'm sure he was a little slower. And defeated. Yeah. (laughs) Um. So yeah, after he got hurt in football, I finally I found this. Um, he set out to achieve something beyond football and landed on surgery. He decided he wanted to be a neurosurgeon and was not going to let anything, including lack of skill or training, stop him. So at first, he appeared to have what it took. He enrolled in the MD PhD program at the University of Tennessee at Memphis. And put in dozens of hours in cancer and stem cell research. He was part of a group that founded a biopharmaceutical company, Dysgenics, which focuses on developing regenerative cell-based therapies to help with pain. He brought on two of his mentors in surgery as investors. 
He was later let go from the company over money issues. Oh, was he also stealing? Yeah, someone tells me. Yeah. Maybe that's what made him disgruntled and that's why he started killing people. Uh, I don't think he meant to kill people. That's the thing. Um, uh, like the like I said, I'm only a couple episodes in, but it seems to me more like he's a sociopath. Like he doesn't, he can't recognize that he doesn't know what he's doing. Like he doesn't, he's not actually going in intending to kill people. He, it's his lack of skill and knowledge and know how, but he can't accept the responsibility. And he just keeps saying, no, this was an accident. And that's, this is why this happened. Like it was, it wasn't even an accident. Something happened in the body that wasn't supposed to be there or whatever. 37 times. Yeah. I mean, how could he even hold on to his medical malpractice insurance? Because it all happened within two years. None of those suits, if anybody filed suit against him, the litigation alone would take longer than that. It happened in a two year time span. I'll tell you what. If I ever need surgery, I'm going to look at somebody's records. Absolutely, go, like, you should. How, how many people have you lost? 100%. Yep. In fact, I'm getting ready to have dental surgery, and yep. I'm reevaluating who's going to go in my mouth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, apparently, he was a big drug addict when he was in college, and his substance abuse was brought to the attention of the university by an anonymous complaint. Um in the podcast, they talk about how he was ordered to by the university to take a drug test and somehow managed to avoid taking it. So then he was sent to a program for impaired physicians and still allowed to complete his surgical training. What? Yeah. So years later, the Dallas District Attorney's Office would discover through a, a search of hospital records that although a typical neurosurgery resident completes about a thousand operations, he had done less than a hundred. So to get your MD's license, you do about a thousand operations as a neuro oh, neurosurgeon. Yeah, he just resident. he's just inept. he did less than a hundred. Yeah. Who let this guy get his license? The blood is on that person's hands. Yeah. What college did he go to? The University of Tennessee at Memphis. Yeah. Yeah. So following his training, he settled in Dallas joining a place called the Minimally Invasive Spine Institute in Plano as a practicing physician. This position also granted him operating privileges at Baylor Regional Medical Center. That's not a small hospital. Like, that is, that's a, a well-known hospital. Yeah. Uh, there, other surgeons quickly realized their new colleague was not just arrogant about his abilities, but an actual danger to his patients. A former co-worker, Randall Kirby, which is played by Christian Slater, said that he watched Dunst botch a relatively simple procedure by refusing to use a scalpel to remove a disc, instead using a different instrument that caused more damage. The patient that he operated on continues to walk with a cane and lives with chronic pain. And that was just the first case. <laughs> okay, so I've got uh, the showrunner of Dr. Death. Mm-hmm. Um, what he thinks the motivations were. Okay. Um, this is a quote that he told Los Angeles Times. I firmly, fundamentally, I firmly fundamentally believe that he was a product of nature nurture and the system that enabled him in terms of nature. Beyond a, sh oh, excuse me. Beyond a shadow of a doubt, he was a narcissistic sociopath, like you said, who had a great deal of natural talents. That narcissistic sociopath was nurtured, I believe, by his upbringing, which sort of fanned the flames of that need to be the best at whatever he does via football or wrestling or research and surgery. 
He said he believes Dernst, I don't know how to pronounce that, Dunst. felt that he was infallible, adding, if you ask me, do I believe that he was purposely maiming and murdering people? No, I do not. Now, the caveat is the man deserves to be in jail for the rest of his life. Absolutely. 100%. Yeah. So it, regardless yeah. of your intention, because if you even, accidentally kill 37 people, yeah, yeah, you're going to get the world's biggest podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so <clears throat> Dr. Henderson, who's played by Alec Baldwin, was the spine surgeon who had been called in to fix all of his mistakes. So it was Dr. Henderson and Dr. Kirby who are the ones that filed the complaints against him that started the investigations. Um, Here's something else so interesting. They're, they never interacted in real life. Yeah. But they put them together in the show to heighten the drama. Right. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Um, so for a couple of months after they, you know, called in these complaints, um, the reports stopped about the messed up operations and they thought that something had been remedied or fixed. But at the end of 2012, Dr. Kirby was called to help yet another patient who'd had her vocal cords and an artery cut during a neck surgery, a surgery that he discovered had been done by the doctor at a different clinic, which means he had gotten a new job at a different clinic. Oh, the complaints oh. had been filed and lodged and he was fired. He had moved to another place because his license was not taken away. Or even suspended. So the hospital that fired him also didn't follow up correctly and do what they needed to do. So. This just bums me out. Yeah. But it also makes me think of Catch Me If You Can when Leonardo DiCaprio became a doctor and faked True. his way through it for a little while. True. Um, I got so, some one. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Um, I was just going to do this as the last thing, but if you yeah. have something more no. interesting. Remember earlier when we saw the picture of the billboard and we're like, who's the girl? So yeah. It turns out one of the main cast members' mothers is the most fa one of the most famous women in Hollywood. Um, one of the most compelling characters in Doctor Death is Kim Morgan, Dernst, physical physician's assistant turned girlfriend who initially turns a blind eye and flushes some drugs right. to his bad behavior until she realizes what he's capable of. Kim is played brilliantly by Grace Goomer. Oh, Meryl Streep's daughter. The daughter of the most. She also has a sister who's an actress as well. Yeah. Yes, yeah. and celebrated sculptor Don Goomer. Yeah, along Gummer. with her, yep, along yep. with her famous mother, the 35-year-old actress is part of the showbiz family. Her older siblings are musician Henry Wolf Goomer, and yep, and actress Mamie Gummer. Thank you. And her, <laughs> her younger sister is model and actress Louisa Jacobson Gummer. Thank you. She made her on-screen debut in the 1993 film The House of the Spirits. Gummer. <laughs> all right well that's been one gummer of an episode there's so much more about dr death i feel like but that's why they made like a million part podcast about it there's yeah. so much to talk about and unpack Ooh, i wonder if when but watch it definitely on peacock I it's real good and listen to it wherever you get your podcast on wondery and yeah, yeah. Uh, or amazon because amazon, amazon bought it. yeah uh, i wonder if we'll get special views and listens because people are searching for the actual Dr. Death and they find us instead. I hope so. Hey, that's why we did it. Yep. Uh, happy Halloween tomorrow or the next day. Tomorrow's Food Friday. Yeah. And you know what that means. Halloween candy! Yep. Uh, Halloween candy, friends. And uh, I'm out of words. I'm just still in shock that... Dr. Death. Dr. Death. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye. Bye.